It had to be you. Is that men and women can't be friends because the sex part always gets in the way. Hello, romantics. Welcome to A Pod to Be You, the Talk Film Society podcast that's all about falling in love on the big screen. I'm your host, Manish Mather, and this episode we're talking about a movie that's very very unique for our time period. It is a big screen, medium-sized budget, star-driven, high-concept romantic comedy that feels very much like it's from 2012. Great throwback to, um, I think, a previous lifetime of big screen romance movies. Uh, the Jennifer Lopez, Owen Wilson movie, Marry Me. And I have with me here a very exciting special guest returning from her appearance on the Titanic episode from last year, Megan Kearns. How are you? Hi, I'm great. How are you? Oh, I'm doing well. I'm so excited to have you back on the podcast um, and to talk about Marry Me, which is a, I don't know, I don't know if you had the same feeling, but I was like so, so excited for it because it felt like a major like throwback to like when we had movies like this all the time. (laughs) And it really made, like, <laughs> totally. like, I don't think I even noticed how rare movies like this are until we got one. And I was like, oh, yeah, there's like nothing out, out right now like this quite, quite the same. But I don't you have that feeling about like, well, this is a, like a unicorn almost. Yeah, I mean, it's it's so funny because it seems like periodically articles come out about, you know, the death of rom-com and how rom-coms have been gone. And they've never gone away. They just kind of adapted and changed yeah. and became, you know, way more quirky and indie. So, yeah, so seeing like a glossy, big budget, big star rom-com definitely feels like a throwback. And it is a throwback I have been waiting <laughs> years and years and years for. So I am thrilled. <laughs> Yes, me too. Um, before we get to the film itself, I just want to hear what's your like, what's your JLo take? Like, how do you feel about her as an actress, movie star, singer, dancer, celebrity? Like, what's your kind of... Uh, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is such an exciting question. And this is why I was so ecstatic when you asked me for this <laughs> particular film, because I love JLo. I love Jennifer Lopez so much. I think she's an incredibly underrated actress. I think she's fantastic. I think she's amazing. Everything I've ever seen her in, she's giving it her all. all. She feels real and authentic while still being incredibly charismatic. And my favorite performance of hers is Hustlers. I love her. I'm still salty. She was not nominated for an Oscar for that because <laughs> I think she was incredible. And yeah, and I love her. I love her in Out of Sight. And I love her in rom-coms like The Wedding Planner. And yeah, I just, I think she's delightful. I think her singing is okay. Like her music is not necessarily my favorite music. Although I will tell you this soundtrack I am obsessed with. It's so good. It's really good. (laughs) It's so good. It's so infectious. I love it. Um, And her dancing is amazing. Like, oh my God, like she's just great. So yeah, I think she's an incredibly talented performer all around, but especially acting. I, I just, I love watching her. So I'm always, always delighted to see her in everything she is in. So, okay, you love Hustlers. What's your favorite, like, J-Lo romantic comedy, like, you know, of that very specific kind? (laughs) Yeah, I would have to say The Wedding Planner, because I love, yeah, I love her and Matthew McConaughey together. I I think they have great chemistry, and yeah, I just, I love it. It's not necessarily a great film, but it is so delightful, so charming. Yeah, so definitely love it. Yeah, I like The Wedding Planner. I think my favorite is Made in Manhattan, which I just saw for the first time Ooh, that very is a recently. Good and, like, that's a really good movie. <laughs> like, I'm, like, so surprised I hadn't seen it, in, it before, but it was so good. Yeah, I love that movie. Also, I recently watched Shall We Dance, which is on HBO Max, and mm-hmm. um, it's definitely a different kind of movie because she's not the romantic lead. 
Um, right. But very, very good movie. Very funny movie. A lot funnier than I really imagined it, it would be. Um, it's very much an ensemble comedy, which is kind of cool. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah I, yeah, I agree with you on all points. I think she... You know, she might not have like the like the range or like the technical craft as like other kind of more like prestigious actresses might have, but I think she is like a hard worker. Like she kind of has that like element mm-hmm. to her where it's like you know she's putting in all her efforts, so you just gotta appreciate it. Like whatever she's doing, yes. she's all in a hundred percent. Like I've never seen her phone in a performance, whether it's like a movie performance or like a stage performance. Like she's always like. She's always throwing herself in. So I find that really admirable. And, like, what I love about Jennifer Lopez, and I I feel like this really applies to this movie, is that, like, she never lost that, like, you know, Jenny from the block, girl next door quality. <laughs> Even though she's, mm-hmm. like, this gigantic, influential movie star and, like, celebrity, she always feels so real. Yes. Um, and that's, that's I think it's really hard because, like, when you think about someone like Beyonce, for instance, or Rihanna even, like, they're such mm-hmm. on pedestals that, like, I, they don't even seem human. And, like, I love Beyonce, <laughs> I love Rihanna, but, like, they're just, like, untouchable. Like, they don't really make a lot of media appearances, they don't do interviews, mm-hmm. but, like, Jennifer Lopez, like, we know her, you know? Like, at least I feel like mm-hmm. we know her just from, you know, how open she is and how, like everything she's gone through in her life we've kind of been there and not in like an invasive way but just like she just shares so much and um so she she has that quality of like if i if i met her i feel like we'll be best friends but like she'll treat me like a human being (laughs) yes yes yeah she definitely it's so weird because you're totally right like she is an icon she is incredibly glamorous and yet there is something so down to earth about her that and whether that is real or not it feels extremely authentic and yeah it definitely feels like she is somebody who is an approachable person and a real person and you know and and it's Seeing her, it's hard to ignore her her romances that have been, you know, in the media frenzy. And I am so excited about her and Ben Affleck. And I usually could not care less about celebrity romances, but I'm just so excited <laughs> for them. I'm like, yes, get get it. I'm so excited. So, yes, I, I agree with you. Her authenticity and her hard work and everything just it, it comes through and you can see that, which is really great. The great thing about Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck is that, like, when they were first dating, like, the media treated them horribly, you know? And now they're both in a place where, like, their media perception is on the upswing, so now we're all embracing it. And I'm like, yeah, this is what they deserved, you know, 20 years ago or whatever, like... Right? (laughs) You know, like, we were so... I mean, not not you, not we, but, like, the media, the public, we're all so, like, um, harsh and, like, judgy and stuff. So it's nice that we can you know, see them again as in, as we appreciate them as movie stars and actors. Um, so yeah. for the people who have not seen the film yet, uh, which is in theaters, but also streaming on Peacock, um, would you like to kind of give a brief description of the of the plot? Jennifer Lopez plays Kat Valdez, a mega superstar pop star, and she is going to marry her singing partner, Bastion, and they're going to get married live on stage in a concert. And right as she's about to go on stage, she finds out that he's been cheating on her. It's in the news. And she decides she's not going to marry him, but instead she's going to impulsively and spontaneously marry a stranger in the audience who is Owen Wilson playing Charlie, who is just happening, happens to hold a marry me sign, which is the name of her song with Bastion and they get married on stage and it's wild and it's absurd. And then they decide to stay married for a little bit. And then they slowly start to get to know each other, become friends, kind of become enmeshed in each other's lives. And yeah, romance blossoms. (laughs) The premise of this movie is wonderful. Um, (laughs) It's, it's such a good concept for a romantic comedy because it's high concept because it's like so absurd, but it's also like allows two strangers to be forced to get to know each other and to be around each other. So it kind of has this like rounded element to it of like, we just want to see two nice people kind of like get like fall in love and become friends and like develop a connection. And it's kind of like, Here's this really 
outlandish fantasy way for these two people of opposite sides of the planet to like come together mm-hmm. and that's why that's why I kind of like to me this is why like these high concert rented comedies are really a lot of fun because like there's something grounded at the core of it right there's like yes. the, the concept is very real and human but then it's just kind of dressed up in something that's very like out there and you know glossy and, and glamorous mm-hmm yeah, I love the concept is absolutely ridiculous, but I do love that they comment on it continuously throughout the yeah. film. They're very aware of it, which I love. And it's a, it provides a very meta commentary on media, social media, celebrity and the impact, you know, of fame on a, on your life and on a romance. But yeah, but these two characters are just they're so nice. Like it's just how can you not root for them? How can you not just want good things to happen for both of them (laughs) yeah I mean this movie made me think a lot about other kind of depictions of like pop stars and stuff and how like it's always shown as either they're like divas that kind of need to like learn how to like you know like be normal but Mm -hmm. or they're like these like tragic figures you know that where it's like you know we need to save that but I also I kind of like this movie is that like you know, she, you know, like we do see Kat kind of get wrapped up in her like social media persona. Like she always has like her YouTube guy following her around and she's like sponsored by so many brands and stuff. Like, but it's not like she, it's not like we have to like save her from that or that's like inherently evil. It's just a part of her job, but like she's still this like grounded, well adjusted person. And I think even like she kind of, t- it's like absurd that she impulsively marries someone, of course, but like it's also like, not it's it's kind of just shown as that like she kind of had to do it to like save face, and then mm-hmm. she's kind of like, hey, I actually kind of lucked into this like friendship with this really awesome guy. <laughs> you know, yeah, she's extremely media savvy, and it feels like a very savvy move to go through with this, you know, and kind of leverage it as a PR stunt and then yeah isn't it so great that he turns out to be nice and normal and they have this extremely healthy relationship which is also incredibly refreshing to see in a rom-com because so often romances are in rom-coms are predicated on deception or dishonesty or something like that and it's so nice that they're both themselves they're both honest and it's just this really really lovely healthy nurturing relationship and also the the issue isn't that she which i love that she doesn't need to be convinced that she needs love, that she's deserving yeah. of love. Like you said, she doesn't need to be saved. It's, you know, it's him that he thinks he's not enough for her, which is really an interesting kind of twist on that. Yeah, like, I'm kind of glad this movie wasn't like, oh, you know, she needs to learn that social media is bad. Because um, mm-hmm. I feel like there's so many movies that where it's like, you know, kids today need to put down their phones because it's unhealthy. And I'm like, yeah, it is unhealthy, mm-hmm. but also, like, it's a part of reality. <laughs> like, yes. there's no way that she can have her job without kind of having a YouTube channel and without getting sponsored and without doing these media appearances. So it's like, she doesn't, like, doesn't have to, like, give up her fame. Like, it's not like she's, like, going to become a music teacher and, like, that's how she's, like, you know... Like, that's how she's, like, quote-unquote, redeemed from, like, wanting to be famous. Like, I think at the end of the movie, she's still going to be famous. He's still going to be a math teacher. Mm -hmm. Like, they're both, like, there's, yeah, there's, like, no, like, grand sacrifice here. Like, they're just, like, learning to live with each other. And I think that's such a, like, sweet kind of core for this this romance. Mm -hmm. It also feels really revolutionary, you know? Like, it's surprising to say that, but yet it really does, because you're right, there is no grand sacrifice. Nobody has to give up anything. Nobody has to, you know, walk away from anything. It's like, no, we're both going to be our full selves. This is who we are, and we both respect and support each other and want to be a part of each other's lives, and that's just so beautiful, and I love it. (laughs) Yeah. um, I was thinking when I was watching this movie that, like, there's really... I cannot think of another kind of like pop star who could play this role as well as Jennifer Lopez does. Like this feels very like tailor made for her. Like you know, other actors, mm-hmm. but like and you could see like maybe like a Lady Gaga kind of doing this movie. But like there's just something about Jennifer Lopez. I mean, like 
that her authenticity, I think, is really what sells this movie because, like, mm-hmm. this movie really expects you to kind of be like, oh, wouldn't it be great if Jennifer Lopez were, like, the greatest woman on Earth and she just was, like, so charming and funny to all these, like, normal people and, like, never had a bad day and was always, like, super gracious and funny to be around. Like, you know, when they're at the, the, the spring formal, she's, like, so, like, amazing there. And it's, like, it's if I wanted to be cynical, I'd be like, wow, this is really great, like, PR for her, because she can, like, now pretend that that's her real life. But also, I'm like, it's Jennifer Lopez, and we kind of know that she's like that. You know, like, I feel like that's who she really is like. I don't know, maybe I'm, like, swallowing the Kool-Aid or something, but I was like, only someone who's, like, as, you know, who comes across as authentic as Jennifer Lopez does in her, like, media appearances could pull off a role like this. I don't know, am I just, like, totally swept away by J-Lo fever? (laughs) (laughs) Listen, it's a good fever to be caught up in. (laughs) I I completely agree with you. I think that she absolutely anchors the film. I don't think the film would work without her. I think the only way it really does work is because of her. And I think part of it is because she really is a pop star icon. So yeah. she can sell it really accurately. But also, yeah, like I know we keep talking about her authenticity and her how she feels so down to earth and you know we don't really know who she is as a real person of course and i think it's a great it's a great scene when cat says that to charlie when he's like what's it like with all these people knowing you and she's like well that's the thing they all think they do but it is so hard to portray a character and or and or a persona and have it feel so real and so I really do think that there is so much of Jennifer Lopez that she is emoting and exuding in this character. And I think that's why it just it feels so, so real. And it feels like a real person because I think so much of it is really her, which is just great. And yeah, I, oh, I just, I love Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> and I, don't, I, I don't care if it's the Kool-Aid. I don't care if it's J-Lo fever. I'm, I'm here for it. I love it. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I want to switch gears a little, talk about Owen Wilson, because he's also someone that I feel like I haven't really seen in quite some time. And uh, it was uh, just so cool to see him in a role like this. I mean, I think he's so charming. Um, like, he's not really, like, a major rom-com star. Like, he's not, he didn't do the whole Matthew McConaughey thing of, like, being on so many of them. But, like, you know, you think of movies like Wedding Crashers, where he's just, like, so charming, you know, especially in his scenes with Rachel McAdams. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, he just always kind of comes across as, like, a really, gen- like, genial, good guy. And, again, it's it's the same thing where it's, like, he sells this, like, kind of being the perfect guy because, like, he's not really someone we associate with, like, bad behavior on set or, you know, anyone who's, like, been, like, problematic in the past. I mean, maybe there's something I'm forgetting of some, like, sex scandal or whatever, but, like, I don't think so. Like, I feel like he's <laughs> always kind of been, like, just, like, a really, like, cool guy and... Um, so I feel like he, he also brings a lot of his own kind of persona to this role. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny. I The first time I watched this film, I really didn't like him in it. And I was like, for me, that's the one weak part is him. And, you know, whether it's his character, the way he's written, even though he's extremely nice, whether it's their chemistry, there was something off for me. But when I watched it a second time, I was like, oh, no, I do like him a lot more. Um, but yeah, I know what you mean. He definitely has this kind of easygoing, nice guy kind of vibe and which definitely works for the film because it matches her down to earth character quite well. Like they're both just really nice and they both seem like they're nice people in real life. So yeah, it definitely works. So it's funny though that you mentioned Matthew McConaughey because that's what I kept thinking. I was like, oh, wouldn't it have been better if it was someone with more chemistry or charisma like Matthew McConaughey. But then I was thinking, oh, but then that doesn't quite work as well to pivot from someone like Bastian to someone who's more, you know, nice and and quote unquote normal. And and yeah, so I actually think that Owen Wilson was actually a really good casting choice. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think Matthew McConaughey, like, I don't know, he's like too cool, you know? (laughs) Exactly, yes. (laughs) 
<laughs> like Owen Wilson is cool in the sense of like he seems like a normal dude that you just like want to be friends with, like you know. But he's he's not like I don't know. He's not Matt McConaughey. I mean, like Matt McConaughey is almost too cool for a lot of roles. <laughs> like, oh, totally, totally. Um, <laughs> but it, well, it, it's also interesting that he's not only a kind of normal math teacher, but like he's a single dad. He, I mean, he's a teacher. He's very like mm-hmm. they really put him on the on the opposite end of the extreme of like not having social media. I think he has a flip phone, which I don't know. I don't even know people who like that feels like something from a script that was written like fifteen years ago. Like <laughs> I feel like everyone has an iPhone even if they don't use social media. Like I don't I don't know. Like it's our flip phones still like do they even work anymore? Like <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, I think I think they're starting to kind of make a reappearance, weirdly, for people like nostalgia factor wise. But yeah, no, I don't think an old flip phone would still be working. Yeah, so that's a, that feels a little, you know, ridiculous. But like, what, like, did did the whole like his his character and his sort of relationship with his daughter did that work for you? Like, what were your thoughts on 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 his his character? Yeah, I do think his character for me was the weakest written of of all the characters. Mm-hmm. And I think, it, you know, it's touches like that, like just the fact that nobody would have a flip phone like that just does not feel like a real person. But I definitely think he makes the most of that character. And I really loved seeing him with with Lou, his daughter. And I love Chloe Coleman, too. She's always so charming and delightful in every single film I've ever seen her in. And I really like his friendship with Parker, played by Sarah Silverman. And yeah, there's just something really nice about him. Like, I'm just... Even though for me, like I said, he was the weakest, I still like want good things for him. I still want him to do well. And I want to be like, why are you doubting your connection with Kat? You guys have this amazing friendship and connection and, and just go with it and, and quiet your insecurities. And yeah, so. Yeah, he kind of does that classic guy thing of like, <laughs> um, <laughs> like self-sabotaging and mm-hmm. like... Um, speaking for the the person you're with <laughs> instead of just listening to them. Right. Um, very, <laughs> I, very relatable, you know. I, I've been there myself, so I understood. <laughs> I was like, ooh, call it out. Um, but yeah, I mean, I definitely liked a lot of the relationships that he had. I really liked his friendship with Sarah Silverman, and I kind of liked the, like, kind of the understated, like, friendship he has with her manager, with Kat's manager. Um... So, yeah, but I agree. I think that, like, the movie gets a little muddled, I think, when it's trying to really balance a lot of its themes, especially Mm -hmm. regarding, like, you know, um, like, like, with his daughter, like, kind of choking at the math competition and becomes about that, and then there's, like, the whole social media part of it, and, like, I'm just, like, it's it does get a little... I feel like they were trying to do a lot with this movie, but um, they kind of did too much, and I was like, it's not as streamlined as I would want it to be. Hmm. I hear that. But not to say it, that it wasn't I think it worked. Enjoyable. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, and I was just saying, I mean, it, it was still enjoyable. It worked for me, but I also felt that, like... Um, I, don't, I feel like I couldn't get a, quite a handle on sort of its central theme. Maybe you can offer some insights. Mm-hmm. I've only seen it once, so... (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, I I think you're right. I think there is a little bit of scattering there with his daughter Lou and and the whole Mathalon thing and being scared, which, you know, ties into Kat being scared and having stage fright when she forgets the words of her song, like, 10 years earlier. And so it it does diverge a little bit. But for me, I think what it really comes down to is that the film is all about authentic connections and really being yourself. And so I feel like if you kind of strip it, strip everything else away, and there's a lot there, like there's a lot of product placement, there's a lot of, you know, side stories. But I think if you just boil it down to kind of that, then as a theme, I th- for me, it worked. And I also, I kind of like the commentaries it's making like they're quick, but the commentaries it's making on sexism and ageism in the mu- in the music industry, which also feels like it ties in very well with the whole theme of celebrity and media. Um, but yeah, I really think that it, it it all comes down to authentic connections. Like just be yourself, which sounds maybe a little trite, but is 
I don't know. For me, it kind of works because it's it's in a very very lovely, entertaining package. So I'm here for it. Yeah. Um, I so you talk about sexism in the music industry, and I found that to be a really fascinating part of the film because it seems like Bastion almost gets like no. I feel like she has to shoulder this whole like disaster PR disaster herself and it's interesting how Bastion doesn't really have to really take any of the blame or anything like there's a brief like Instagram comment like during one of her live videos of like he's cancelled but like there's no repercussions for him and I thought that that was so interesting because like I feel it reminded me a lot like whenever there's like it, it reminded me of like the Chris Noth you know, allegations and how everyone was like, what's Sarah mm-hmm. Jessica Parker going to say? What's Queen Latifah going to say? And I'm like, why are they answering about this? Like, you know, we, why aren't we asked, like demanding comments from him or anything, or his, you know, his manager or whatever. Mm-hmm. It, it's always the the women that have to really shoulder the PR part of it. And we're, I think we're, I think we as society are always kind of waiting for women to like mess up on that and like say the wrong thing or, you know, make a vague apology. And so, I, I don't know. I just, I was just interesting how like, you know, she's the one that's going up on stage alone in her wedding dress, and he's just able just to like leave the stage and like leave the building. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, and even like when he kind of comes back, I re- there was no like, she really, I think she felt like she had to kind of accept him back so that they could kind of do their performance and everything. But it was just interesting to me. I don't know, like, do you have any, like, what are your thoughts about that sort of dynamic? I am so glad you brought this up. I'm so glad that you said that because that for me is such also such a fascinating facet of the film. And, you know, because there's the explicit commentary where her manager is talking to Charlie about how, you know, because she's over the age of 35 in the music industry, you know, it makes it that much harder for her. And she talks about how she's never been nominated for anything and she's had to work incredibly hard for everything. She's never had anything handed to her. And, you know, women always do have to work that much harder. And especially if you're a woman of color, you have to work that much harder. And so, yeah, I love that, that we're getting that explicit commentary, but you're so right that we're also getting this implicit commentary too about how she's the one having to shoulder the burden of this disaster and the jokes are not at his expense the jokes that we see in media um happening like with jimmy fallon about cat they're about cat the jokes are on her about how many times she's been married and how she married a stranger and it's like well wait a minute why aren't we criticizing and calling out his infidelity why aren't we talking about his toxicity why aren't we focusing on that why are we focusing on her having to you know pick up the pieces and and bear the brunt of all of this and yeah so i think i think that's what's so fascinating about this film is that for a film that is a feel-good, fluffy rom-com where you might not expect that much, it actually has a lot to say about some really serious and intense issues. And I think that's why I appreciate it even more. Yeah, and the movie really had me wondering about their relationship. Um, there, I saw some tweets, I think, like, over the last couple of days about, like, the age difference between Jennifer Lopez and Maluma, who plays Bastion. Mm-hmm. And I think in real life they're almost 30 years apart. Um, I mean, Jennifer Lopez has mm-hmm. looked the same since her Selena days, so <laughs> I, I I feel like in every movie she could be 20, she could be 30, she could be 70, and it would be, you know, like, who even knows how old she is? Um, so the age difference, I don't think I, I... I think I just kind of imagine that she's always kind of playing, like, 20, 25 years younger than she is just because, like, she looks at, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And Owen Wilson is mm-hmm. also in his 50s, and he looks pretty young, too. So... Mm-hmm. Um, but I was, I was just wondering, like, how authentic their relationship was, you know? Like, were, like, were they actually in love? Or, like, was he kind of using her celebrity to get ahead? Because for some reason, I got, in, I, got the, I got the idea that he was, like, less famous than she was just because he hadn't been around as long. Um, mm-hmm. And, like, I don't know. I, I, the opening montage was interesting because I was trying to understand if, like, you know, was he... 
was he pushing for this marry me stunt more than she was but then also like was he kind of using it as like for his own celebrity like i was like i really couldn't get a like i really i've we weren't really spoon-fed sort of bastion's backstory and motivations which Mm -hmm. i thought was interesting because like it just there were a lot of questions i had because the movie really took a different turn with their relationship than i thought because like she was like she was like willing to like accept him back in her life but like not romantically you know like i don't think she was ever interested Mm -hmm. in him romantically afterwards and i think it was only professional which is also another kind of interesting twist on how we think this would go because he was he was never really a romantic rival for charlie and i Mm kind of i love that because uh, it would be too easy um yes (laughs) but yeah so i don't know like what, what did you think about their relationship before the movie starts yeah, I think I think you're raising some really great questions and some great points. Um, we don't really get a sense of what it is, I, except for a few kind of, I guess, key moments. Um, I also got the sense, like you, that she was the bigger star because she had been around longer. And again, maybe it's just because I know she's 52 in real life and I know he's like 28 or 30 or however, 25, however old he is. Like, I know the age difference. So, I, you know, maybe that's playing into that in part. But yeah, I definitely got that sense, too. But it's interesting because someone says to her manager that oh, I heard this when in an interview, he says, oh, I heard this was all Maluma's idea and he, or not Maluma, it's um, Bastion's idea. And he's like, no, no. He's like, this is both of their ideas. So I'm like, hmm, that's interesting. So I'm like, maybe it wasn't all just a ploy for publicity. And then later on in the film, when Kat and Charlie are on a date and they're walking the dog and they're talking about their past and they're talking about themselves. And she says, she shows him the necklace that Bastion got her about, you know, like don't let them win, keep singing. And she's like, no one's all bad. If they were, it'd be so easy. So I kind of got the sense from just those little snippets Mm -hmm. that, you know, he wasn't like a terrible person, even though he's doing terrible things. But at the same time, that whole confession for lack of a better word, that she gives when she finds out he's cheating. She talks about how it's all a lie and you look the other way. So it's like, okay, so there were some good things about him, but clearly the relationship was fractured and not, you know, a healthy relationship. So, yeah, it definitely alludes and hints at more complexity with their relationship and perhaps him as a character than what we actually see. But I kind of thought that was interesting. And I agree with you. I thought it was extremely refreshing that he is never a romantic rival. And, you know, I mean, he's incredibly good looking. He's incredibly talented. They clearly have chemistry, at least singing chemistry, (laughs) you know, nothing else. And yet, yeah, she's done. And I also think it's also really mature of Kat as a as a character that she's like, yeah, you can be in my life. We can work together. You know, we can sing together. But that's it. I'm not into you. And it just it, there's something about it that just it felt like she's still clearly hurt by it. So she's not going to let him back in any kind of intimate way. But she's like, like I'm a professional. I'm, a, you know, I'm a mature human being. We can move forward professionally at the very least. And yeah, it, it just it felt really different than so many other rom-coms and and another reason why this just felt very refreshing which was which was great there was a really great line that charlie had where he's like if you feel that he's the right man for you i'll drive you to the airport myself but like i think he says like really think really think about like why you want to go back to him or like whether that would actually make you happy and it's like Wow, what a like emotionally intelligent, a mature thing to say. Because it's like, yes, I think he's. It's like, I don't know. It's like he's not condescending to her, being like, "Don't go back to him." He's like, "It's your choice," but like, I mm-hmm. want you to really consider what you're doing and like why you're doing it. And like, it's also like, um, it's. I feel. I feel like it's such an like. Uh, it's so refreshing to see a man not be possessive over a woman, you know, like, yes. I mean, the fact that he's like willing to be like, I'm in love with her, but I also like don't belong in her world. So I'm going to let her go and like live her life. I like, it's, it's, uh, I think because these characters are in like, these actors are in their fifties, like we're seeing (laughs) characters that are more mature just because like, yeah, I can imagine a 50-year-old man being more emotionally mature than, like, a 35-year-old man, you know? So <laughs> totally. <laughs> it's like, you know, I, it's... Even though 
Owen Wilson and Jordan Lopez are playing like 20 years younger than they are. But like, regardless, um, <laughs> it's like they're, um, yeah, they're so, it, this love story is so much more mature than I thought it would be. And it was so refreshing mm-hmm. because like there's healthy communication, there's maturity, there's like thinking of the other person in ways that you just don't really, I feel like you don't really see much of in, you know, especially these kind of big studio romantic comedies, which like, um, I feel like there's the there was a trend in the 2000s of like snarky romantic comedies, which is like, hey, let's show two people who hate each other so much that they like fall in love. <laughs> <laughs> and here, like, uh, this reminded me of like The Wedding Singer, which is just like two nice people just like yes! making each other laugh mm-hmm. and having fun and falling in love and always con- being considerate. And I thought that was so refreshing. Yeah, great comparison. That's such a lovely rom-com too. Yeah, and it's it's just it's something we don't often see venerated in film, especially rom-coms. And it's just like, no, this is what love and romance should look like. It should look like mutual respect. It should look like open communication and honesty. And yeah, and I love that line where he's like, I'll drive you to the airport and It also is a very telling, and I'm realizing this now as we're talking about this, it's also a very telling moment about who he is as a character when he's talking about his ex-wife to Kat. And he's like, oh, yeah, we had this great marriage. And he's like, yeah. And he's like, I, you know, I realized she wasn't really into it anymore, into me, and I let her go. And I'm like, yes, that's what you should do as a mature person if you really love somebody, you know? And it's just, it's so great. And I want to see more romances like that. It's also nice to see a divorce that's like, not about infidelity or anything. You know, it's just like, marriage is kind of ended Mm -hmm, and that's mm -hmm. fine, you know? Yeah. And it's probably better for their daughter, you know? (laughs) Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. I, I like the more I talk about this movie, I'm like, this is a really great romance. <laughs> like, I know. It's like really <laughs> mature. Um, what were some of your favorite moments in the film? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, one of my favorites because I'm I can't believe how much I love this soundtrack, but I really do. I love when Kat is singing at the semi-formal uh, and, yeah. and she sings the song that she's like, "Oh, I wrote this when I was like 20 or however old she was." And yeah, the Ever After Love. I love that. It's so good. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I love that. And I, I love when she calls the music oh. teacher architect of song. <laughs> She's like, I'll yes. play with my fellow. I'm like, that's just like, come on. It's like so cute of her to remember that. And like, she like made everyone. It's like, I don't ever want to meet celebrities. You know, like I don't, I don't interview them. I don't go. I just don't, I don't want to ruin the fantasy. But, if, <laughs> you know, this movie is like what it's like. The, this is the fantasy of what I wanted to be like when I meet celebrities. Right. Where they're like super charming, super funny, super like welcoming. <laughs> like they make you feel so special, even if, you know, they're, mm-hmm. they're going to forget you in a year or whatever. But like I, it's like this this fantasy of what it's like to meet a celebrity is enough for me. I don't want to see the real I don't want to experience the real things. There's just no way. Right. Like <laughs> they're human beings. Like I don't they should have to live up. They should have to live up to my own fantasy right that's like not fair but um yeah but i was like this movie is enough for me but yeah i love i love that that semi-formal sequence it was just perfectly beautiful and fun ah it's so good i know i love that song i love her interactions with everyone she just makes everyone feel so at ease and so special and that's yeah that's a rare gift and it's just Yeah. yeah it's so it's so great to see and like that too I, another scene I also love that I think is so so cute and so charming is when she teaches the his math club to dance as a distraction so yeah. they can work on their problems and not get in their heads about stage fright I just love that that's so cute <laughs> yeah it's so great um, I think for me I, I love the montage of her trying to like do things herself without her staff um, I thought oh, that was so yeah. funny, and like Jennifer Lopez, Lopez plays it so well because it's like it could be condescending, it could be a little like you know patronizing, but it, she just makes it so cute and like she's mm-hmm. such a like she has like curiosity about her too, you know, like yeah. as someone who's like like a famous multi hyphenate, like she's always like trying new things, and I kind of like that she brought that to that sequence of like. I just want to, like, learn how to do it. It's like, and she has such a sense of humor about it, too. 
mm-hmm. um, so so charming and uh, and again it's like great to see this like their chemistry kind of like this like oddball chemistry like you wouldn't expect it like you know when I found out he was yep. Cat- when I found out it was Owen Wilson in the movie I'm like Owen Wilson's kind of like was he like eighth choice you know but. <laughs> Um, which is mean of me. Yeah, I'm sorry. The same thing. You know, but it, it seemed like someone that had been kind of lower on the list, but it makes sense with him in it. And I'm like, I would not be surprised if, if the movie was written for, for him in mind or, or like retooled to kind of fit his personality. Um, mm-hmm. Because even he's like, has such a sense of humor about that sequence too, where it's like he's not making fun of her. It's like, it reminded me of, um, uh, you know, Wonder Woman, you know, when Diana's kind of like, in the real world like with mm-hmm. like normal people and like how like she doesn't know what she's doing but like the movie's not laughing at her it's like laughing with her and you're yes. just kind of like yeah like you can do it but it's also kind of funny that you don't know what ice cream is <laughs> you know <laughs> <laughs> and then she's so delighted about ice cream yeah right <laughs> exactly <laughs> um but yeah so i think that like yeah, this movie just has these, like, so many charming sequences and where there's just, like, there's such a, like, humanity to it. It's this sense of humor, mm-hmm. but it's, like, romantic. Yeah, I think this movie just has, has so many sequences like that. What did you think of the climax of her rushing to the Mathalon <laughs> tournament? <laughs> okay, so I loved it for a few reasons. <laughs> I mean... First of all, the word mathalon just always makes me kind of internally giggle because there's something so silly about it. And it's so nerdy, and I love that. I love that, again, it leans into the nerdiness. Um, But I love that. I I think it's kind of, again, it's kind of funny to see that she goes to the airport and she just assumes she's going to be able to get a flight, and then she tries to buy tickets, you know, from (laughs) other passengers. And someone's like, you can't do that. And I thought that was really funny. But um, I love that because, again, in so often in rom-coms, the woman is waiting, you know, and we're talking about in hetero romances, which most rom-coms are, of course. Um, But, yeah, we're we're watching women wait for a man to come to her. And the film kind of addresses that early on in the press conference when Kat's like, you know, no, we're going to pick the guy, we're going to keep our name, and then we're going to let him earn his place to stay. And, of course, all the women journalists in the audience are applauding that. But, yeah, I kind of love that she's not going to wait for him to come to her. She's going to take charge. She's going to exert her agency, and she's going to go after him. And I really, really love that. I mean, yes, again, it's absurd. It's ridiculous that she's going to a math lawn, but you know and she's buying everyone's sandwiches in, in, on the plane but again it's rooted in something very real and very authentic and I just I I adored it I thought it was I thought it was great yeah movies romantic comedies where the woman has to rush to confess her love to the man always have a special place in my heart because it's just so rare <laughs> Mm-hmm. You never see it, and um, it's yeah, it's it's really it's really fun. It's again, it's like funny, but not condescending. Rooted yep. in like rooted in heart and humanity. Um, I love. Okay, I love the part where she's like, oh god, it's the flight attendant says there's like sandwiches, blankets, and like cheese cubes. I think, and so. <laughs> She mentions everything yes. but the cheese cubes, and there's one. And I'm thinking, like Jayla for Lopez, you forgot the cheese cubes, and of course, some guy is like, "What about the cheese cubes?" And I was like, "That guy is me." That was so funny. It's like I thought that was the funniest thing I'd ever seen, because um, it's just. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I was like, "What about the cheese cubes?" And someone says, "What about the cheese cubes?" And it's like. <laughs> so funny and it's like the kind of thing that like romantic comedies do where it's like there's just such absurdist comedy in there um Mm -hmm. it's so good and yeah i loved i loved her in that red dress in coach and like running Um, you know in that bus like the fact that she's in that like you know gorgeous but very incongruous ridiculous dress is so funny um and then of course it's so sweet that like she holds up the sign that says marry me (laughs) You know, like oh, so I started crying. I, I'm not gonna lie to you. I was, I was in tears. I love it. Um, love it. <laughs> it. Yeah, this movie really like. I think that you know it's the kind of movie where if if you appreciate a movie like this, it can really 
open up to you and like there's so many things we talked about that I didn't even think about that just kind of came up as we were talking mm-hmm. and like to me like this is the mark of a good romantic comedy because like there are just so many like little details and things that you pick up on um is there anything that you wanted to bring up like any like small details or character beats or moments with lines from the film Hmm. Oh my God, we've talked about so many. <laughs> but I, I love what you said about how this movie really opens up to you if you let it. And and I definitely agree because watching it again, I noticed more things. I, you know, talking about it, the more times I talk about it, the more things I realize. Um, I this is this is such again. It feels kind of like a rom com cliche, and it's a minor thing, but it's something I really like. I love that Cat's wedding vows are from Keats. And she's like, I love Keats. Do you think Bastion's going to love it? And Amanda's like, well, if you explain it to him. And then, <laughs> and then oh, lo and behold, Charlie loves Keats too. Yeah. And it's like, again, it's tapping into this kind of intellectual, emotional connection that I think is so pivotal to love and to relationships that rom-coms sometimes forget. Um, but something we haven't talked about that I also loved about this film, I mean, this film is just great fashion eye candy. Mm. I mean, there are so many jaw-droppingly gorgeous fashions that Jennifer Lopez wears and her dance numbers and when she's doing events and press and advertising, you name it. And I just, I'm here for it. I loved it. That wedding dress, that sparkly wedding dress yeah. was stunning. Just gorgeous. Loved it. So I love that this is giving me kind of all the things that, you know, like the I, the fashion beauty and the really sweet heart and love. And I love that it's working on all those levels. I think one of the most absurd moments in the film, in any film that I've seen in a long time, is her, like, <laughs> religious pop song. You know, with those nuns and... <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow, Vatican on line one. Like, I can't imagine a real life pop star like doing a song that's very sexual. <laughs> that's like very like it was giving me like Judas by Lady Gaga vibes, you know? I was actually I was into it. Yes. I was like, the song is so um <laughs> the song is so simple. Yeah, totally. You just gotta love it. I um, totally thought about Judas. I totally thought about Madonna's Like a Virgin. Yeah, like, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was great. <laughs> no, not Like a Virgin. Like a Prayer. <laughs> like a Prayer, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. Yeah, the fashion, yeah, the fashion is, is really cool. I read that, like, that her wedding dress was just so heavy that, like, it was, like, hard for her to, like, you know, shoot in it for long days at a time. Like, it was, like, so heavy. Yes. And I was like, you know what? That's just Jayla's professionalism. You know, like she lives and dies for her art. Um, <laughs> any, um, any final thoughts on Mary Me, on Jennifer Lopez, Owen Wilson? Like, I just think that people need to stop sleeping on Jennifer Lopez and realize and appreciate the talent that she is bringing to everything. And she brings it to this too and I just I think you know it's funny I I read a lot of reviews about this and some were extremely charitable and lovely and about how wonderful this film is and others were not and that's fine taste is subjective you know what we all like is subjective in film but I kind of want to be like if you don't like the film and you're someone who likes rom-coms maybe give it another chance because watching it you know I feel like the more you watch it the more you get out of it and I think that sometimes people might underestimate this, you know, just because it seems so absurd, but yet a normal romance. And I don't know. I just I, I just think it's just delightful. So just watch this film, bask in the glow of J-Lo and just have an entertaining time. <laughs> yeah. Well, do you think that this movie is going to become like a rom-com staple that kind of gets watched a million times that's a great question because i thought about that too because it's it's sometimes hard to tell when something is so fresh and so new sometimes you have to wait you know five years ten years to see what really has longevity and 
I think this could be one that is going to get underestimated. And then years later, people are going to be like, oh, yeah, that was actually a lot better than we thought. And oh, yeah, that really is doing some different things because it, it doesn't seem like it's doing anything different on the surface because it's an absurd premise. It's alluding to a lot of other classic rom-coms. Like it has yeah. moments from like Pretty Woman, When Harry Met Sally, Notting Hill. So it's paying homage to those but it's also and it, so it doesn't seem like it's doing anything innovative, but it really is charting its own course. So I think and, you know, who knows, I could be completely wrong about this, but I think it's going to be a film that's going to be appreciated more later <laughs> as the years yeah. go by. I, I think it'll be a, it might not be in the same, you know, echelon as like when Harry met Sally, but I because I don't know if it's as smart or as, you know, winning is that but i do think it's going to be definitely appreciated more as time goes on yeah i i totally agree with you i think this is going to be the kind of movie that you're going to love it when you see for like the seventh time you know what i mean like (laughs) it's it's to me it's that kind of movie (laughs) i think it's like you know once it finds a home on streaming whether it's on like hbo max or netflix or wherever i think it's going to be one that people will discover and uh you know, or I guess it's well, it's on Peacock, so you know, I think it'll, uh, it'll be, I think it'll be kind of like always on the the top of like the, you know, those um, the like the suggestion, you know, or popular, mm-hmm. you know, popular streaming choices options. I think it's always going to be there, and uh, yeah, cause I think it's, I think it's very winning. I think. Yeah, it definitely has elements of all the movies you mentioned, plus, like, Longshot, The Wedding Singer, you know, uh, mm-hmm. Notting Hill, of course, is, like, I think the major inspiration. Uh, but, you know, I I don't think it's as, like, insightful as those, but I think there's definitely a lot going on, and I think there's a lot of um, a lot of meat to the bone um, if you kind of are willing to, to find it. Um, yeah, yes. I, I really enjoyed Maramine. I really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Uh, please let the listeners know where they can find you online and kind of what you what you're working on these days. Yes. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much, Renish, for having me. This is great. I loved our conversation. <laughs> um, you can follow me on Twitter at OpinionSWorld, and I am the co-host of the weekly podcast, Spoiler Piece Theater. You can find us on Twitter and SpoilerPiece.com. And I also review films for Edge Media Network. Um, so you can find my written reviews there. Yes. Please read her reviews and uh, listen to the podcast. Um, you can find me on Twitter at vertigate314. Also, the podcast is at itpod2bu. Uh, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the show to help other people find it. Um, and uh, yeah, that's it. Thanks again, Megan. This is so much fun. Thank you. I loved it. Thank <laughs> And to listeners, thank you very much for listening and have a great day. Thank you.